Coming up on today's episode of Drama School Dropout. With those big responsibilities, I think had I, if I was to do it now, I'd be terrified. But the fact that I did it then, you're, I was young and fearless and just like, yeah. yeah, I'll take on 13 roles, no problem. And the lead, no worries. A friend of mine went to an audition and the director looked at her headshot and said, is this photo in spotlight? Oh no, she replied, it was taken outside. It's a bit of a chicken and egg situation because you know, you need the job to get the experience and you need the experience to get the job. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout, the UK's third best drama podcast. As per usual, my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout and this week it's episode 139. And I am joined by an absolute icon of the West End stage. Please welcome to the podcast, Kerry Ellis. Drama School Dropout no graduation day for you, drama school dropout. Fuck your whole course, now try something new, drama school dropout. Welcome to the podcast, how are we? I'm very good, thank you for having me on. Oh, honestly, it's my pleasure. I know we've been trying to get this down for a while, mm-hmm. um, but like calendars, and do you know what, it makes me so happy when people are like, I'm sorry, I can't do it right now, I've had a last minute job. Like, I'm so busy. I can't just so busy. <laughs> it makes me so happy because I started this podcast in the pandemic when everyone was like, because I always say, what are you doing next? Where can people see you? And everyone's yeah. like, I'll be in my living room for the foreseeable. <laughs> and now when people are like, oh, they've got a last minute job. Can we cancel? I'm like, of course we can. Of yeah. course. It's like, nice, isn't it? It's nice to have that change. I mean, I did the same with with my p- podcast to keep me going through the lockdown, and mm. it was it was such a lifeline. And the, it was really everybody was available. Yeah. I mean, that was, it was kind of brilliant about it. But also, you're right. It's to see people out and busy again is just is mm. wonderful. I started this podcast at the tail end of the pandemic, and there were so many like massively famous actors that I emailed, and they were like if you'd have emailed four months beforehand, they would have been available. And I'm like, could have had Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) But now he's back and busy with all of his girlfriends. (laughs) But how's life? Because the pandemic has, it's been crazy. And I feel like, I feel sort of nervous to say we're out of a pandemic. We're in a pandemic. Do you know what I mean? I feel like we're in a really hazy sort of purgatory with it. Yeah, I mean, like things have gone kind of crazy busy I mean mm. in, in you know I think what was interesting about it was that we you know whether you loved it or hate it or, or got got anything from it I think what a lot of us did do was say we're going to structure things a little bit better and and take care a little bit more of ourselves you know yeah we, our industry is wonderful and brilliant but also can be quite difficult and tough and competitive and mentally draining and I think what was interesting everyone was going right I'm going to take a bit more time I'm going to you know really consider what I what I put myself up for or what what jobs I take and and prioritize my you know ourselves a little bit more Mm -hmm. but that said now that it's back and running and everything is is kind of going again I feel like we're all back in that rat race yeah back on that treadmill again nobody's looking after themselves anymore no, and I'm so guilty of it and I try and balance things with with lots of um things that I do for me myself and my mental health with my fitness and you know well-being and all that stuff but I'm still on that rat race you know I'm still when the phone goes we're so inclined to say yes aren't we I think 100%. it's just in our DNA to say yes to things I've never said no to something. <laughs> like, genuinely, I've never said no. 
No, it's difficult. And my reaction is all, and, my, and, and it's also nice to, to always be asked. You, we yeah. like to be asked and, and, and that's, that's always a nice thing. And I, I think it's just in us to turn around and go, yes, and then mm. think about it afterwards. <laughs> I think people are too scared of the ramifications of saying no. Well, what if I say no to this thing? And then this person ends up being a casting director for a massive show. And um, yeah. then they just don't ask me. Um but yeah, that as is as is the industry. But what I do love to ask everybody that sort of comes on the podcast is, how did you get into acting, and what was your first ever role? Um, well, I, I kind of came to, through it through dance, really. Yeah. I mean, I went to a local dance school. Um, I grew up in Suffolk, and was that you know one of those little girls that did ballet, tap, and modern, and you know it, it, that grew and grew, yeah. and I I loved it and. And then I went to drama school and I did a few shows along the way, uh, mm. a couple of semi-professional ones um, when I was little, but nothing too crazy. I guess the, my first my first big job, I went on a cruise ship when I left college for a year, which was amazing. And it was such good. I don't um, know how people do it. I'm too scared of dying. Well, <laughs> what, on a ship? <laughs> I, I, the Titanic went down. <laughs> I, yeah, I also, a little bit since then. <laughs> yeah, but I think it also comes down to the fact that I know I can't swim. So if, <laughs> yeah. if something does happen, I, I'm dead. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Big. You'd be pretty safe on them. <laughs> I, you know, I'm glad I did it when I did it because it was such a um, a big learning experience, big yeah. learning curve. It was amazing to basically travel the world a little bit when I was young, get paid for it and get paid for doing something that I love doing. So it was kind of... Mm kind of win-win um and I'm glad that I did it early on because it's helped me now as well because I do occasionally go on and do guest spots and and I think because because I had that experience all those years ago I know what it's about I know I know the drill so yeah for me kind of jump back on is is kind of nice um but the first big role I, I big show I was part of was My Fair Lady which was kind of and I was understudy and I was a swing and it, it, part of the original company and I look back on that now and I think how amazing that job actually was, you know, the, the scale of the show, the people that were involved in it. And and my part to play in the show was was amazing, really, to have to be a swing first out first out of college and and to cover with those big responsibilities. I think had I if I was to do it now, I'd be terrified. But the fact that I did it then, you're, I was young and fearless and just like, yeah, yeah I'll take on 13 roles. No problem. And the lead, no worries. <laughs> yeah. it, there was kind of like a it wasn't an arrogance but that, just a, a kind of naive confidence mm. that I had um which I'm, I'm glad I had because you mm. know that was again the experience I got from that job and working with those people yeah. was unbelievable I think as well that it's coming out of drama school where you've sort of been just doing performing every day for five days a week you're like yeah I could do that no bother been doing that for however long like do you know what I mean like and it's a different skill it's a very much a different skill to, to, to I think drama schools are great I really do I think they're, they're fantastic and they have their issues yeah they're not the only way and but I think a form of I think it's more about the community more than anything like what I what I take away from college was the discipline of getting up and doing it every day which kind of instills that ability to then be able to do eight shows a week you know that yeah. that that consistency of getting up and doing your ballet classes at nine in the morning or whatever it is mm -hmm. kind of kind of gets you ready to go right I'm going to do eight shows a week and I'm going to get up and I'm going to keep going but the community that you you get from being around other people that are interested in the same thing as you 
was I'll never forget and that that's priceless to me I've still got people and friends from college that are still very very close to me and and you know that that's priceless to me but drama schools they facilitate one of my favorite things in the world which is crazy and funny drama school stories because stuff goes on behind those doors that people wouldn't believe i still don't know how like educating rada isn't a thing how someone hasn't made a sitcom <laughs> yeah. do you know what i mean do you have a favorite funny or crazy story that you can share with us well oh, i don't i mean it's it's such a long time ago mm. um but but what I love now is is we you know we we're that old we didn't have phones and, and mm. camera phones when we were at college but I love when random pictures like pop up on your Facebook from your college days and you think oh my god what what is my eyeshadow doing what is my <laughs> hair doing what were we wearing and we didn't have social media we didn't have, you know we didn't have phones we didn't have uh, ca- you know cameras everywhere so mm. we got it not got it wrong but there was lots of there was lots of experimenting which wasn't there was room to get it wrong there was room to get it wrong and uh or to to experiment which i love but it is brilliant when those pictures pop up now i think oh my god oh my (laughs) god but also what i do love is that you know in the time when we're so self-conscious and we're so aware of Mm. ourselves and kind of going oh i wish i was this i wish i was that and i look back and go oh my god I look great. <laughs> yeah. You know, what was I worried about? <laughs> yeah, 100%. I um I always say that drama school for me was such a transformative time. I had one successful attempt and one not so successful attempt at drama school and I learned so many lessons about myself. What was the biggest lesson that you sort of took from drama school and how has that carried on throughout your career? Yeah, I think what I, again what I learned was kind of what I said before the camaraderie, the mm. being part of a team. Be you know you 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 stick you go through a lot at drama school. Yeah, and you just you get like this unconventional family, these <laughs> relationships that are very strange. Some of them are some of them are wonderful, some of them are weird. So, but you are this kind of dysfunctional family. Yeah, um, that pull together, which. I think is is so educational and and interesting because then again it's kind of gearing you up to when you're part of a company and you have to become this family whether you you know and you might not click with everybody but you might love some people and and get really spark with people and you might not with others and and but you still have to have to do the job together for a period of time and that I think is is what it's all about and 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 you know, it's what we have to do when we go into shows or a job. It's very, it's really strange for people that aren't in the business or in the industry to understand that we kind of go into a room, we fall in love with everybody in a certain way. We spend six months to a year with them and then we leave and then we mm. might not see some of them again. And it's the most bizarre thing. And then we do it all over again. So yeah. it's quite an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> um, you have best friend. you have eight or nine best friends in the space of a year. Yeah, it's, and mm. it's, because you're forced to, you kind of have to, because when you're when you're performing on stage, you mm. have to have that freedom and feel like you're supported and that you have that that support um, mm. to allow you to be creative and to try things and be brave and know that you know that people have you, know that you know yeah. we're all looking after each other, whether whether you're best friends or not. It's one giant trust fall, I think. It, it, it is. It is. There's <laughs> like, a reason why you do trust falls. Yeah, <laughs> like every, you just have to know that if you're going to fall, someone is going to catch you mm-hmm. and hope it's not the person that's like half your size, 
half yeah. your way that yeah. then we're going to start injuring people well that's what I have to worry about anyway um a fun question that I love to ask everyone is if a casting director came to you tomorrow and said hey I want to do a two-hander with you in the west end but I don't know who I want to put you with and you can pick anyone in the world but they have to be alive who are you picking oh that's amazing that's a really good question and then the show will be written around the pair of you oh i don't know there's so many there's so many people mm. i mean ollie thompson is always a, is always a strong choice because i know him so well yeah there's a song and we've worked together before and he's so brilliant to be on stage with you know he's very generous but again he's so he's very um strong and supportive also is is jono and jones you know i've done various concerts with jono and jones and another one you know he's he's brilliant at what he does and and Again, turns up and just does does the job. Uh, Aaron Tivitt was fantastic when I was on Broadway. He was a he was a brilliant leading man for me. He was again really engaging and 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 uh, fun to work with. Adam Garcia was great. Uh, it'd be really difficult to pick. But then also, like recently, I was with doing Anything Goes, and uh, you know we had an amazing team like playing. Like watching Simon Callow work was just was, was insane, you know. So I've been really fortunate, like and Jonathan Price, you know, those kind of people that you yeah you've been in a show with, they blow your mind. So mm. there's just too many. There's mm. too many. I've got to carry on my campaign because um, I feel like I need to keep saying it until it happens now. Um, Catherine Tate. Oh, I love her. She nearly did Wicked, you know. Like she was, she nearly came in to play Morrible in Wicked quite really early on. She'd be so good. She would totally make me look like a piece of shit, and I'm at peace with that. Do you know what I mean? Like, and people always say, "No, she wouldn't." Like, good actors bring out the best in other actors, and I'm like, "Yes," but that's very hard when she opens her mouth and my jaw drops to the floor. And I'm just like that for five minutes. Do you know what I mean? So, Catherine, please do a two-hander with me in the West End, or just to make it me feel slightly better, come on the podcast if I, if you're listening. If you're yeah. listening, um. But you mentioned it there, Wicked. You were the first British actress to take on the role of Elphaba. Um. Did I read correctly that you were ori originally Adina Menzel's sort of cover, and then you took over the role? Yeah, I was a standby for the first, um, well, how long was she here? Two and a half months. Mm -hmm. um, so I was a stamp, I was a walk-in standby for, for that time, um, mm. which, uh, which was great, really, because it kind of gave me the opportunity to learn the role without all eyes on me, really. Yeah. And then, yeah, I took over and then I, I was part of the show for about two and a half years on and off, mm. going back and forth. I mean, it seems like a lifetime ago, even though it's, well, it is quite a long time ago. Um, but it's I, I'm always blown away by that, by how much that show has affected people and how, yeah. you know, all over the world, I still sing that song. And I've been singing that song for years, you know, and, and people still go mental for it. And it's it just seems to keep kind of reinventing itself with the film, with new people going in, with the show playing all over the world, different tours, different um, startups. It's. It's just something just connects with people. And, I think uh, it's relatable. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Even absolutely. though it's totally like otherworldly. I think especially now um, I'm doing a lot of like telling the Tories to go fuck themselves, basically. <laughs> um, and obviously right now there's all of these issues in America, especially in the South with um, drag being sort of, they're trying to um, decriminalise it. 
and all this. And I think that just at the core of Wicked, it's about somebody who's different and eventually they realise they're not different. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's the same. That's it. I think it's, I think we could all just, if we were all just a little, I say this all the time, if we were all just a little bit kinder to each other, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you want to be, what you want to be, who you want to love, what you, I mean, uh, it, I just find it very bizarre that people same. feel like you can have, a, have an opinion. And it's like, do you do you, I'll do me. And if we go, if we get it a little bit wrong, if, if we address each other a little bit wrong, it's not through malice. It's it's mm. through perhaps you know not quite understanding. You know, if you got someone's name wrong, we talked. To, I talked about this with my friend uh, a, a few weeks ago. If I got my if I got someone's name wrong once, you know you that that's forgiving. You know, you get get someone's name wrong five or six times. It's like just learn my name. You know, yeah. let's let's just be a little bit considerate of each other, and that that's not a big ask, I think. No. Um. What I. I sort of had an epiphany because I was reading an article and it was like the things that the propaganda that the media are using against trans people are the same things that they were using against the gay people during the um, AIDS epidemic. And it's all, it all revolves around the tactic of using fear. And my, my thought is, and I just want everyone to sort of think about this. If we stopped living in fear for five minutes of what people are going to do to us, maybe we'd realize that, that fear is unfounded and we'd all just live a bit happier together that's it just be a bit kinder to each other mm. it's simple a hundred percent love a little bit more and and the world would be you know there's there's more there's kind of there's wars going on you know it's yeah. like let's just not worry about the rest of it let's just be yeah. kind be kind hundred percent but do you sort of do you revel in the fact that you are the first british alphabet do you like hold that crown like high above your head i don't know really for, for me i don't really think about those kind of things you know yeah. for me it's just about the job at the time and what i'm doing and doing that job to the best that i can and you know the the things that come with it i, I mean it's it's nice to be awarded and it's nice to be recognized but it's for me it's about doing the it's about doing the work it's about doing the job it's like you know i've got this this new album coming out and for me the work is kind of done because yeah. i've been in the studio i've done it it's finished mm. um it's now just sharing it and for people to enjoy what happens happens you can't kind of control that so it's and i think I think for me that gives me it gives me focus and gives me clarity about not dry not not um not driving for something, you know, not mm. looking for validation, I think is, yeah. is is the thing. I have to do it for me and do mm. and do the best that I can and then that's great. Whatever happens. I always do say if you make content for first and foremost yourself rather than anyone else other people will enjoy it more because it's more authentic. But what can you tell us about this new album that's coming out? I'm so excited for it. Well, it's interesting you say that, actually, because I think this album, especially, is the first album that I've made that I wanted to make an album of music that I wanted to listen to. Yeah. I've done albums in the past and ticked boxes, if you like, given people what they want. You know, my first mm. album was really big and ballsy and anthemic and, mm. you know, big orchestras and big singing and, and, and that was great. And then I did a really stripped back acoustic album and then I did something a little bit musical and then some covers that I wanted to sing. And so I wanted to do an album of originals, original music that was songs that I would put in my car and I would listen to. And that's exactly what it is. Um, 
um, it's kind of a little bit rock country pop I think if you could mangle all those things together worked with lots of different writers and I'm, I'm just really happy with it I can't wait to take it on tour it's being released in um, in May and we've got three tour dates kind of as, as to launch the album one in Manchester Birmingham and London and yes it's quite exciting to have that big London show to finish on as well and and I just can't wait for people to hear it live so everybody what you have to do now is go down into the show notes click the link to those parties and get your tickets <laughs> download the album and yeah. um, we'll I'll arrange this so it's coming out around the same time Amazing. and then we can we can pop it all but if you're listening now Go down, get your tickets, download the album, stream it, because I'll be I'll be doing it too. We'll all have one big Instagram live listening to Yay! it. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm so excited about it. It's um yeah, I just I just really enjoy the music on there. Have you released the title? Yeah, it's called it's called Kings and Queens. Um, Love that. The uh yeah, the title is Kings and Queens, and it's one of the songs on there. Yeah, I'm just generally super excited about it. I mean, I could you know, we've, we're doing all the promo at the moment and talking through all the songs. And for me, it's you know, it's all about the music and performing it live and and people enjoying it. So, everybody listening, we have the album of the summer now. Go down yeah. into the show notes, get it downloaded. <laughs> Something that I have started bringing back into the podcast because we're coming up to it and I found last year when I was going through drama school I was asking this question every week and it really put me at ease as I was about to graduate what is the one piece of advice that you would give anyone that's about to enter the big bad world of the industry oh gosh oh my goodness it's difficult you know because everything's changed since I yeah. left college everything has dramatically changed so I mean you know I think what's interesting for me is that I'm still one of one of you guys, you know, I'm still 100% doing it, you know, and, and I'm still finding auditions and seeing what the next job is and, mm -hmm. you know, creating, being artistic and creating opportunities. And I think though, I would say, don't, don't be fearful of trying something, you know, like you don't, like we were saying earlier, you don't have to say yes to everything, but be, <laughs> don't be, follow be me. No, but be open, be, yeah. be open to different opportunities because something may lead somewhere else. You might, you might go up for something and think this isn't quite me, mm. but they might see something else in you. So I would just say, be open and get yourself out there, you know, try and try and do as much as you can, because it's, it's all about experience early on and, and getting as much as you can. And, and it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation because you know, you need the job to get the experience and you need the experience to get the job and anything you can do if there's workshops, if there's, you know, charity concerts, whatever it is, get out there and get involved and also be a creator of your own destiny. I hundred percent. You can create opportunities, you know, people, people often say, oh, do you audition anymore? Or do what do people just come and ask you to do jobs? Well, sometimes, but also there's times when nothing's happening and I will go, right, well, I'm going to go and do a night at the pheasantry or I'm going to call someone up for a little that I haven't spoken to a while and go, what are you doing? You know, let's go and do something. Let's, let's, let's record a song or let's, you know, I'm very proactive like yeah. that. So I think, um, and still, you know, still, and I've been doing it 25 years. And I think you have to be, you have to take control a little bit and, and open a few doors. Yeah, 100%. And I just like to say every week, because it was a massive piece of advice that has served me so well, and we have different listeners that might find us every week. Don't be afraid to ask. Like my life motto now is shy bends, get fuck all. 
Like yeah. if, you, if you don't ask, you will not get. And even when I talk about this podcast, the amazing guests that I've had, yourself included, that wouldn't have happened. Like don't sit and wait for people to say, hi, how are you? Can I be on your podcast? Yeah. Can I be in your play? Like don't be scared to be a pick me bitch because the pick me bitches work. I agree with you. You know, I, I was the same when doing doing my podcast I was like, I mean, I obviously used all my friends, not used them, but called up all my <laughs> friends first and yeah. said, you know, will you speak to me? But also I'm very aware of people's time and, and it's, it's, it's precious and it's important. And, but I was, I was shocked, you know, how many people said yes. And it, it's, you, you kind of just got to ask the question sometimes. I think the worst thing that somebody can say to you is no. And once you've had no enough, you, it's not a really a bad thing anymore. So like, yeah. Anything else that somebody says, even if they're being a dick, just like brush it off. And because people are dicks and that's 110%. But yeah, don't, if you ask, if you never ask, you'll never get. That's my life, life motto. And we have to get used to people saying no to us, you know. 100%. We get more no's than we do yeses. And and I think once you get hardened to that, or once you once you get used to going, okay, well, it's not no, for, it's a no for this, but I'm going to go and do this, or I'm yeah. going to go, well, that's not going to happen, and I'm going to ask this person. I mm. think it's it helps you mentally. 100%. I forgot what the word yes was for a while. <laughs> Somebody said it to me, and I was like, oh, oh, what does that mean to get dictionary? Um, yeah, no, so, like, just, just don't be afraid to ask. And nine times out of ten, even if you're just asking for advice, people are more than willing to give you it. They are. Yeah, they are. Yeah. That's what I've found because I feel feel like in drama school, everyone's like, oh, it's such a hard industry to get into. It's so competitive. Everybody keeps the secrets close to their chest. It's not true. <laughs> I feel like people do give away their secrets. Well, I also think now we can approach people differently um, mm. with social media. It's amazing how you can get directly to that person. A hundred percent. answer, but, but you can reach out to people now and, and, it does open that kind of wave of communication, which is so nice. You never used to be able to get to, get to people. No, but you can now, and it takes out, you know, a, a wall of a wall of people in the middle, which is yeah. Is who are the no sayers? Who are the no sayers? Yeah, but that's say. because they're paid to be the no sayers. Well, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, we're going to play a game now. This game is my favorite thing in the world. It's called Stage Right or Stage Shite. And it's three stories. Two of them are the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And one of them is a big fat lie that has been made up okay. by our producer. The other two have been submitted by listeners. And I've got the answer in a sealed envelope. We've got to find out which one's the lie. Number one, a friend of mine went to an audition and the director looked at her headshot and said, is this photo in spotlight? Oh, no, she replied. It was taken outside. <laughs> Number two, when I was auditioning for drama school and after I sang my song, a woman on the piano uh, panel said, thank you, Melanie. Not even thinking, I said, oh, my name's not Melanie, it's Penny. The woman said, yes, I know. I was thanking the pianist. So embarrassing. <laughs> Number three, I was at an audition for an improvised theatre company and a guy pulled out a real knife in the scene where he was fighting with someone. Ooh. I hope the first two are true. <gasps> I really hope so. Could you imagine being in an audition? Sorry, oh. my name's not Melanie. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. Well, I mean, they could all happen. <laughs> they could. In, our, in our weird and wonderful world, they mm. could all happen. I'm going to say the first one is true. Yeah. 
Because... That's so flippant. Somebody just goes, oh, no, we took them outside. And also, because I think that's kind of brilliantly funny as well. Yeah. And you know, when you go into an audition or when you go into, into uh, whatever, a casting, you know, uh-huh. I think to make people laugh is, is genius. Because mm. they, you know, they're sitting there all day and they've got so many people coming through their door and they want you to be right. But yeah. they, they're seeing the same thing all day. So if you went in and made them laugh, I think they'd love it. Yeah. And also, I do know some people that wouldn't even think about that spotlights the casting. Yeah. <laughs> they'd be like, no, no, we were outside. Yeah. Like they wouldn't even realize. Yeah. I'm going to go. The fake one is number three, purely because I think that's just a bit. I'm hoping it's number three. So I are you following to. me with number three? Yeah, I'm going to go with you with number three. Let's find out. Like that is like I've heard some stories. I've heard some stories about people like number three. We were right. Yay! Yeah. Do we get a prize? What do we my get? Res- right, my respect and admiration. Not that you already didn't have that. I love that. Um, yeah, I'd heard some stories about like early two thousands drama school auditions where people are doing the dagger monologue from Macbeth and pull out a real dagger. But if I was doing improv and somebody pulled out a knife, I'd be like back up a little far yeah. <laughs> it's a little much <laughs> yeah, we'd, we'd, yeah no we'll and <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'd we'd be skipping out on that um but what's coming up next for you obviously the album's coming out we've got the the launch parties anything yeah. else coming up well actually i mean i'm doing this which i'm super you can't see it because it's back to front but i'm doing a midsummer night's dream i love who are you playing i'm oh it's upside down look. <laughs> that's good Fine. isn't it I'm playing Titania, Queen of the Fairies. That's so fun. Yeah, up in Stafford, um, just for three weeks, kind of the end of June, first week of July. Um, super excited, super scared, uh, very overwhelmed. Oh, no, you'll be brilliant. Uh, look what I'm reading at the moment. Can you see that? No fear Shakespeare. <laughs> I love no fear Shakespeare. I'm a massive um, Shakespeare buff, so. Uh, oh, are you? Yeah. Oh, goodness. I'm terrified, but I'm, I'm, you know, I always like to do things that frighten me. I like. There's to... only one thing you've got to worry about with Shakespeare. And if you've got, if you crack that, then you can pretty much do anything and you'll be brilliant. As long as you understand what you're saying and what it means, yeah. and you can convey that, and then the audience understand what you're saying, you've cracked it. Absolutely. Well, let's let's see how that goes. I'll, I'll talk no, you're to you going to be brilliant. You're, you're going to be brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, so it's mainly the album and the play. I've got bits mm. and concerts and, you know, bits and pieces along the way. But those are kind of my two big things at the moment um, that are consuming me, mm. um, which, yeah, it's exciting. And, and uh, I'm running the half marathon in uh, April, which is... We are different people. Which is insane. Well, you know, I never used to be a runner until in my 40s. And then suddenly I think midlife crisis kicked in and I started running and, you know, I've become very aware of my well-being. And, and uh, I'm and, not even a walker. Oh, it's good for you. It's so good for you. Mentally, it's it's amazing. So mm. that kind of always carries on and I'm, I'm constantly doing those kind of things. And um, yeah, I'll be, I mean, the half marathon is, is going to be a, quite a big achievement because, again, I was never a runner. So to then suddenly be at a place where I can run, I think it's 13 and a half miles, is, is going to be quite a, quite a feat. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then, then we'll see what happens at the end of the year. A few, a few things, but and everybody keep up to date. Like, we'll be, I'll be keeping everyone up to date throughout the year in the podcast, everything like that. 
But we have a closing tradition on the podcast where I ask the previous guest to leave a question for the current guest. They don't know who they're asking. You don't know. You won't know who you're asking. And I kind of have to give this a little bit of context because this is very Scotland specific. Okay. So we have a major bakery in Scotland called Morton's Bakeries, and they like we're quite famous for our breakfast rolls, and they do all of that. And they have recently announced that they're, I think, going into administration or closing down. And it's like a staple of Scotland. So the question that has been left for you is, how much will you be willing to contribute to save Morton's Bakery on the GoFundMe? (laughs) I'm putting a tenner in. I love that. Well, I'm going to go and find out. I'm going to go and find out a little bit. I'm going to Google Mm. them after this and find out a little bit. And I spend a lot of time in Scotland and I love it. Mm. I really do love it. I always have a great time up there. So, um, Mm. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm very fun. So I will make a donation when you send me the link. <laughs> there, there, there isn't one. <laughs> I don't know why it was asked. Do you know what I mean? Um, I love that. No, I'm going to throw a tenner in. I love I, that. I'll, I'll save the rolls. Um, really? What question would you like to leave for the next guest? But just before we wrap up, where can everyone find you on social media to keep up to date with what you're doing and everything like that? Well, I like a bit of Instagram, I must admit. I'm not brilliant on TikTok, but I do like a little bit of Instagram, um, Kerry Ellis 79, I think. And then, yeah, my website and start kerryellis.com. Um, Are you on Cameo? I am on Cameo. Everybody. So now what you've got to do, everybody at home, go in, get your tickets for the launch parties, download the album, get your tickets for a Midsummer Night Stream and now book a Cameo. And book a cameo. Thank you so much. And buy my book. <laughs> yeah, and buy the book. Buy the book. Um, and then we'll all, on the first Friday of every month, the Kerry Ellis fan club will um be meeting on instagram live and we'll first the first one will be because of the album and then we'll move on to the play then the book we'll make our way through um but thank you so much for coming on genuinely it's been such a pleasure it's i've I've been such a fan of yours for so long thank you thank you so much for having me it's absolutely my pleasure and i'll let you get back to normal life you too thank you so much and i'll see you soon yes have a good day And there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 139 completed. Thank you so much to Kerry for coming on the podcast. Genuinely, I had the best time chatting with you. And to all of you guys at home, thank you so much for continuing to listen in week after week to me talking absolute shite to some of my favourite people on earth. If you've enjoyed today's show, why not let other people know by leaving a rating and a review on the podcast? It helps us out so much you don't even know. Don't forget to follow myself and Kerry on social media. All of the links you need are down in the show notes below and while you're down there if you've got a story for stage right or stage right please either email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com or click the link to the google form and submit your story as per usual i'll be back again next week same time same place with a brand spanking new episode but until then have a great week stay safe i love you drama school dropout no graduation day for you Drama school dropout Fucked your whole course Now try something new Drama school dropout